After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. J.J. Cooper, Josh Norris here on a Baseball America Prospect podcast. We uh, Or a prospect list podcast, I guess, would be, unfortunately, the way to say it. Because we're here really for a, a sad reason. You know, we, we knew it was coming. We expected it for a long time. I think the first time Josh said to me that we may not have a minor league season in the office back when we actually used to be in an office was uh, somewhere around March 13th or so when we were talking, you know, about our, our spring training plans. Like Josh is, Josh is a glass, uh, not half full, half empty person. Josh can be sometimes, you know, that – that the glass is broken and is laying in shards on the ground. Is that, would you agree with that, Josh? Is that fair? You know, I usually say the shards are my wrist. I'm bleeding out. Yeah. But, so, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but so, but yeah. Josh saw this as a possibility from March. Um, I think we wrote about it like April 15th, like a week after the season was supposed to start that like, this was a, a very legitimate possibility that doesn't make, the uh, the reality of it any easier because we came to the uh, announcement yesterday that there is no minor league baseball season in 2020. Um, there's going to be a gap forevermore when you look at, I mean, hey, when you come to minor league championships, let's be honest, there's, if you look at the FSL, there's gaps of a plenty because hurricanes have often wiped away the championship, uh, the playoffs. But that said, we haven't had a season with no minor league baseball since minor league baseball began. Um, you know, the closest we can was 1918 when only the international league finished, but, but no one ever played a game this year. And, and JJ, what happened in 1918? There was a flu pandemic and world war one, not an ideal year, but, um, and now we have a pandemic and, uh, but, but the reality of it is, 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 and we're, I mean, this one's going to be a little bit more of a personal podcast than we often do because we are going to talk about our feelings about this a little bit. We're going to make this a little bit of a coping session because like many of you who are listening to this, even though we knew it was coming, I think it hit both of us. You know, like for you, Josh, what was yesterday like when the official announcement or when we found that the official announcement was going to be announced at 5 p.m.? Well, this is a family podcast, so I can't say what I was thinking. But, yeah, we, we have uh, a clean uh, label on our podcast. I'll, I'll say this. I told you off air that this was the worst day of my career since Jose Fernandez died. Um, obviously, that carried a lot more magnitude, and you know we didn't know that was coming. But it's rough. I mean, knowing 
it's, you know, if you believe Twitter, 281 nowadays until the next minor league game, the next you know, opening day at wherever. I mean, there should have probably be, who knows, there might be instructs or something in, in that gap. And teams are going to have stuff at their park. But there's no going to be no Durham Bulls games, no Myrtle Beach Pelicans games, no, you know, Eugene Emeralds games or Hillsborough Hops games until no, no Rocket City it, Trash Pandas opener, no Wichita no, Wind Surge opener, I mean, no Kannapolis Cannonballers opener. Like you had new stadiums that Fredericks, uh, Fredericksburg Nationals. Yep, that were ready to go. And and, and, you know, and the Rocket City Trash Pandas were, you know, riding unbelievable momentum. Uh, even though they hadn't played in they hadn't played and this was going to be a banner year for them and now it's wait till 2021 and you just hit on something 280 some days till next season and by that point this is the point that pat o'connor made in his uh basically minor league baseball 2020 season eulogy press conference yesterday is that will be in many cases, again, not that there's no revenue, but if you're a minor league operator, your revenue is very much, it's, it's much like you're a farmer. I, I torture that analogy sometimes, but there is some truth to it, which is, is that if you're a minor league operator, you make your money from April when the season starts or June if you're a split, you know, short season team until the season ends in September. That's when you make your money. And we are talking about that money, that spigot of money coming in effectively stopped in September of 2019. And, and everyone kind of builds it. They have, they are, everyone knows what they're doing on this. They build it so they've got money. They're fine to get to April or to June because they make their money and then they basically, you know, they store up their reserves to get to the season. And not that there aren't some money start coming in because I'll have season ticket sales, group sales, sponsorships. But in 2020, all that money ended up being, essentially, you can consider that an escrow because I mean, they didn't get to use it. It's not unlike a squirrel. You know, you, you save your nuts for winter and you hope they're there when you come and check them in the spring and if a big bad blue jay or whatever comes and takes them, well... Uh, you might not eat as well as you thought you would. Um, and I, I, know, I know it's off-brand for me to make a nature-based metaphor, but uh, I don't think it's uh, inapt. Um, it's, it's just wild. I think you mentioned the Florida State League. You know, they had their postseason and a little bit at the end of the regular season last year wiped out because of a hurricane. So they're going to have a two-year gap uh, between champions. And you know, who knows what that league looks like next year? Um, who knows what the entire minor leagues look like next year? Um, on his press conference yesterday, Pat O'Connor painted a really, really bleak picture of the possible future of minor league baseball without congressional um, intervention. Uh, he said uh, as many as 80 teams, uh, not counting your GCLs and your DSLs and AZLs, could uh, fold if there is no lifeline from the federal and, government. And let's define, there's a couple of different lifelines there. Because basically, one thing that I think that was taken from that was there could be governmental help. But the other possibility is he kind of also said with 
you know, outside, it may require additional investors or, you know, it may be franchise sales. There's other ways that, you know, that they could make it through because, but we have the, you know, we have this little minor thing here that um, major league baseball, minor league baseball are negotiating a new PBA. And if you're a team that may be on the list, I don't think you can get additional investors right now. Cause why would someone invest in something that, they don't know what the value of it's going to be. So, I, you know, if you're, I, the guess what, I, I just interject on that because if you're a AAA team that's safe and you need some liquidity, you could probably find additional investors. Although coming up with an accurate valuation right now may be difficult from the conversations I've had. You could probably get a bridge loan. There's things that you potentially could do. Um, although that bridge loan cannot be on the value of your minor league team. It has to be that you get a personal loan that you will personally be responsible for. You know, it cannot be that you are going to put up the, your club as collateral because that is not allowed for in the professional baseball agreement. So there are some hurdles here, but, but yeah, that's all. I mean, it's possible that the miners as we not, it's not possible. It's probable that the miners as we've known them, as we currently know them, cease to exist at the, I walked out of the ballpark for the AAA championship game last year, the last minor league game of 2019. That was realistically, that was the last time the miners as we currently know them ever existed. I mean, I'll, I'll drive that point home a little harder. Um, the last minor league game I was at last year, not counting the AFL, was Hillsboro uh, versus Salem Kaiser. And Hillsboro won the first round of the playoffs there. I think I saw the last game in Salem Kaiser history, in mm -hmm. Salem Kaiser Volcanoes history. But potentially. Um, I, I, mean... I didn't know it at the time. Um, and then in a weird bit, bit of uh, serendipity, Hillsboro moved on to the championship to defeat Tri City in what is probably the last game of their history. Um, so I guess Hillsborough wound up knocking two teams essentially out of the league, um, not directly out of the league. Again, we now look, and we will say we do not know yet. Nothing has been. We we are adamant saying nothing is final, but these are definitely possibilities. I also do want to address um, one point here. You know, there's been a couple people on Twitter who said, you know, why couldn't the minor leagues play uh, this year without fans, just like the big leagues? Because they don't have media deals, because they don't have any other source, any major sources of revenue outside of in-park tickets, concessions, this, that, and the other thing. They just cannot. They would lose so much money simply operating. Um, and you, they have they, to. And again, we've seen some are playing because they can have fans there. That's right. You That's know, the only way that they can such. play. Yeah. With the Texas Collegiate League. Texas Collegiate League, which secured a, some sort of a TV deal for itself. Um, you can buy a streaming package for the Texas Collegiate League if you so choose. And I also got a release. I think you could gamble on those games if you want as well. Well, you probably could anyway. You just you know, wouldn't tell anyone about it. But, uh, yeah, that's, I hadn't seen that release, but that's interesting considering one of the things we were talking about, oh, low these couple of years ago, was in-park gambling coming to the minors, but that seems to have been put on hold even before the pandemic. But, you know, I, 
I, I actually just found my tweet from September 18, 2019. My last look at a working minor league baseball ballpark for the 2019 season. This is my 23rd ML, MILB season in the books. I've loved all 23. And unfortunately, we're going to go into 2021 and it'll still be 23. I, I, think it was, I think it was 1993, I believe, is the last year that I didn't cover any minor league baseball. I think for you, you said yours was how, how long? I think I'd have to look at it probably is 2005 because 2006, I got my first gig covering the, uh, the Eugene Emeralds. 2007, I started my first pro job. And I, I think I went to a couple, I don't know, I went to a couple Trenton Thunder games as a fan at that point. I didn't cover them until I think the first game was a triple A versus double A game. Uh, it began in 2008, uh, but I was there. And I remember my first game there, uh, Brian Cashman and Omar Manaya were both there, which was kind of cool to see. Um, but I think I have to go back and look at all my ticket stubs because I keep most of most every ticket stub I've ever gotten. Um, and 2005 is probably the last year, unless I went to a Portland Rockies oh. or a Portland Beavers game or something. So we both obviously know a lot of people in minor leagues. And so I'll just ask you, like for people who work in minor league baseball, you know, that you've talked to, where are they right now? They're at home, bored, out of their minds, collecting unemployment, um, waiting for something. Some of them have gotten gigs back doing this, that, and the other thing at their parks. Um, some of them are just, they're just waiting. And, you know, some of them might not return to their clubs um, just because. Um, but then you'd have to, you know, get in line to find uh, another job. And I don't know if that's the, um, another broadcasting job, I guess. Um, and that would normally happen at the winter meetings, but I don't know if that's going to happen this year. If we don't have a, a vaccine by then, uh, oh, the, 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 the hotel will be a Petri dish. But, but no, there's beyond that. Like, I mean, oh, yeah, Pat O'Connor co O'Connor covered it. Like there's the health concerns, but on top of that, you know, it's an expense for, for teams, you know, to, to, to pick up and bring everyone to, you know, across the country in many cases to, to go to the winter meetings, to stay in a, you know, to stay in reasonably expensive hotel rooms. I don't know how many minor league teams are, are going to be feel comfortable uh, doing that this December, even, even if there is a vaccine at that point, even if the health concern has gone away, I still think that there are, serious issues or serious concerns about the viability of uh, the minor league portion, at least of the winter meetings, health issues aside, just because as we just talked about, I mean, I'm talking, I've talked to teams where they've cut two thirds, three fourths of their staff have been furloughed because again, there's just, you know, the, the PPP in many cases, the payroll protection program, was a lifeline. In some cases, I think even some people got jobs back for a while because um, what happened was, you know, that, that covered payrolls for essentially eight weeks. But once you have kept them on for through the end of June, which was yesterday, you have fulfilled the requirements, if, you know, the, essentially to have the loan forgiven. And so that's led to another wave of once people have fulfilled the PPP, they've don't have the money to pay payroll. So they've been, you know, people furloughed again and or furloughed for the first time. And with there being, you know, minor league teams across the country are being extremely creative, figuring out, which they are generally already, but 
trying to figure out ways to bring in revenue. But let's just make something clear. I mean, if you love minor league baseball, there is nothing that is going to be the equivalent of bringing 3,000 or 5,000 or 10,000 fans into the gates on a Friday night where, I mean, just think of it, 10,000 fans, which again, that's a AAA, let's say, but 10,000 fans, and let's say at $20 per, which is a pretty conservative amount. That's, if I'm doing my raft right, that's $200,000 in revenue that night. There's not going to be a whole lot of uh, events that you can do that are going to come in, come close to matching what you can do on a good night of minor league baseball during this long layoff. No, teams with, you know, moderate four-figure attendances or uh, capacities, uh, the, the most you can get right now in some states is low three figures with distancing. And you're still, I don't, I don't know what this, the concession stands uh, scenario is or whatever, or, yeah, whatever amount of money you're going to bring in during those various things are, whether it's a drive-in movie or a fireworks show or what have you. Um, but it's not going to be comparable to a, a game where you might, you know, uh, you might get up in the third inning and go buy popcorn and the fifth inning and go buy an ice cream and the seventh inning and go buy another ice cream or whatever. Um, and just keep hitting your wallet. Uh, it's probably not going to be the same and they're not going to have the same kind of menu and just virtually nothing is going to be the same um, this year. And, you know, then now I think we move to uh, a 2021 problem because as you've pointed out and as I've pointed out, um, now you are either refunding people or you are rolling over their ad and or ticket dollars into 2021, which means you are not going to get those ad or ticket dollars in 2021 which means the revenue already starts in a little bit of a hole. Yeah, not a little bit in some cases, a significant hole. And, and you know, we had on that press conference, Pat O'Connor said that in some cases it may be 2022, 2023 before uh, teams really pull out of this, which feels a long ways away. I mean, 2023 is <laughs> – 2020 has felt like it's taken seven years. So imagine how far, uh, you know, 2023 feels away. Um, Second half of the year, baby. But the other part of this that I feel, I think we both feel, and, you know, I think if you, I just really feel for is, is the players. Because, I mean, now, thankfully, last I checked, it was 28 of the 30 uh, have announced that they will pay players again the $400 per week through July. Um, Some teams have already promised to pay it through the rest of the season. But, so that's something that's 1600 roughly dollars 1600 or so dollars a month which is a uh, you know a pretty modest amount but it is something but starting from the financial if you are again there are absolutely a lot of 19 20 21 year olds who i'm not discounting their financial plight in this in any way but who in many cases you know end up basically just going home in many cases um and so the, the 1600 a month, it's not ideal, but it, it, it's enough to help them kind of make things through. But there are also a lot of players in minor league baseball, especially at the upper levels of the minors. There are the minor league vets who they're 25, 26, 28, 30, 32, 34. And they're, 
they're out on their own or they have families in many cases. And if you were slated to go to AAA and make 80,000 or 100,000 because you'd gotten your big payday, you'd hit minor league free agency, you were in demand and you had gotten a big payday. I, you know, we've heard stories of players who had bought houses because they finally had reached a point where they had some financial stability, they felt. And so they, you know, they were able to, with their family, you know, take a mortgage. If you were expecting to make 60000 or 80000 over the course of a five-month season, and that's been reduced to you are making $1,600 a month, well, that's not the same thing in any way, shape, or form. And so there are, you know, again, there are a lot of players, but that's the financial component. Josh, the other part of this is, is that from a developmental standpoint, this is, it's for everybody, but this is very difficult, obviously. Yeah. I mean, we saw, we, we, you know, we analyzed all 30 player pools uh, a couple days ago or whatever it was. And there were some big names left off them. Now, granted, some of those teams still had room to play with, but a lot of those teams, given that they only have 60 players and some of them think they're, you know, they're going to challenge for a playoff spot this year, loaded it up with, instead of your younger minor leaguers, your, you know, 4A guys, your, your guys who could realistically contribute in the big leagues this year. Well, that means your younger guys, some guys who you really consider prospects, are going to possibly do nothing this year. Some guys, I mean, you're talking about 2019 first rounders, second rounders, things like that, or guys like that, who are not going to do a thing this year as far as organized baseball, unless we can somehow get it together to get uh, instructs and, you know, some sort of fall league and maybe winter league done safely, which, you know, given the spikes right now in Arizona and Florida, notably, um, could be tricky um, and will be tricky anyway, because this virus, I, I don't think it's a sports fan. I don't, I don't think it cares about development or the economy, or if it does care about the economy, it's a really big fan of Netflix and Amazon. Those are the only two winners right now. But those are the guys who are going to be doing nothing this year. When but they toilet be. paper manufacturers also doing quite well during this. I think the, uh, the Charmin bears are behind this. Um, but those are the guys who are going to be doing nothing this year when they could be, you know, uh, learning new pitches or uh, getting more innings under their belt or seeing how repertoires work in, uh, against more experienced hitters. There are plenty of guys who uh, needed, they, they all needed at bats and innings and things like that this year. And they're just not going to get them probably. And that's going to stunt their career um, somewhat. There's, I mean, we've seen guys on Twitter saying, hey, you know, if you want to come down and pitch to a, a, a minor leaguer, come try your luck. We need, we need to swing a bat. Or you want to get try to hit off a minor leaguer, please do. Uh, you reported that you know, some of these guys are going to be able to go to indie ball. And some of those indie ball leagues are playing. Um, there's going to be weird out. I've heard stories about, you know, guys just getting their work done at, you know, driveline or driveline-like uh, facilities. Development this year is going to be sporadic at best. And it's also going to be, I mean, it's also going to be one that, that it's, it's a have and have nots because for 60 players, you know, there's the major league team, but also, you know, there's, there are players who are going to get some sort of high level development. 
if you look at the the most prospect laden groups like the Mariners group, the Padres group, groups like that, you have top prospects who are going to get development. And there are other prospects, you know, again, in the same organizations, not the fall of the organization, they're only allowed to bring 60. And so there are other players who, who wake up, you know, woke up on Monday realizing they're not part of the 60. And again, we hope that there's going to be an AFL, you know, or an AFL and a Florida fall league, but we don't know. We hope there's going to be instructs, but we don't know. There's right now. I mean, we saw a big trade about winter ball, which really comes down to, I think at the end of the day, who like, I think Wander Franco, if it's healthy, you know, if it's safe, he's going to play winter ball, but he wanted, he didn't want to play for that team. And so they swung a O'Neill Cruz and players for Wander Franco and players trade. So we had a, the, the biggest deal we've had is a, uh, a winter ball deal. You know, we have had a trade in the majors, but it was for a player to be made later. You know why? Because uniform player contracts for minor leaguers are suspended. So technically right now you can't trade for a minor leaguer because their contract is suspended. How crazy well, is that? That, that, and you don't, uh, you also don't know which guy you would want uh, because you don't know if you know, Johnny trade target has gained 40 pounds in the off season, uh, the off season that has now lasted forever. Um, and is not the guy you might want anymore. You should, you'd be flying very, very blind. Blind is pretty much binary, but um, yeah, you would, it'd be hard to do that right now. I think if at this trade deadline, as far as oh, I know, August 31st, so if we get there, it's going to be all PTBNLs. But no, I'll, but I'll take it a step further. Unless they change the rules, unless they change the rules. Okay, so this trade happened on June 30th. Player to be named laters have to be named within 60 days of the trade. I mean, six, not sorry, 60 days, six months, six months of the trade. Six months of this trade gets you to the end of the year. If there is no AFL, Florida Folly, or Instructs, it is very possible that whoever the player or players that are being considered by the A's will have literally not played a game over that time and they'll still be flying blind when they make that trade because, you know, and again, even if we have a trade that goes on in July or August, unless they change the rules, a July trade does not get you to spring training. So same, same situations apply. Now, if you're going to trade for someone, actually trade for them now, they have to be on the player pool, you know, unless it's or a player to be named later because you can't otherwise trade minor leaguers. Again, uniform player contract that has been suspended. But it is very possible that trades will happen where you are going to be acquiring players who you have not seen play. No one, and I mean no one, possibly got full coverage in spring training of minor leaguers because I don't even think that every minor leaguer actually got, you know, every minor league pitcher actually got on the mound. You know, in a game. No, it was, as far as I know, it was one week of minor league spring training that happened before this, uh, before, you know, Rudy Gobert tested positive and then the dominoes started falling. Um, you know, some teams are going to be doing their acquisitions uh, based on video work. There's plenty of video to be done. I mean, a lot of scouts tell me that they're... You know, it's old the video, though. It's old video. It, it is. It is old video. Well, all video is old video. Um, but... If you think about it. But um, they're going to be doing video work and, you know, trying to take the players with the best histories that they are, the, the, the most detailed histories they have on them, much like the draft was this year. Some of these guys didn't get on it. You know, Mick Abel was a 
Phillies didn't get on the hill this year. You were going on workout videos and past history. And that might be how you have to do trades. It, not might. That probably will be have to will be how you have to do his trades this year. Man, can I talk? Great. We're we're um, all still we're still recovering from the uh, the reality that that was uh, yesterday. Oh no, we're in, like I said, two two hundred eighty days. That's uh, that's forty weeks, which is something to think about. It's what I keep marveling at is our entire world, uh, the economy, baseball, people's lives have been brought to their knees, and we're not even four months into this. We're yep. 11, depending on when you went into quarantine, but my uh, quarterversary is uh, the 12th of each month. So we are 11 days from four months. And we're 11 days from four months, and we're talking about MILB teams taking hits that will last to 2023, possibly. It is unreal to think about how many dominoes have fallen oh. in such a short amount of time. So, Josh, we were both on that press conference last night. Did anything else that we haven't talked about strike you from that? No, I mean, it wasn't – it was – really, I, I just kept – once he said, you know, 80 teams could fold, I was just uh, gobsmacked. You know, it's, it's a hard number to think about. You know, 40 teams, you know, I'd kind of realized was probably going to happen, pandemic or no, uh, next year. But 80 of them, then you start thinking about how they, how they would get divvied up if you only had 80 teams that, don't, that doesn't work out. Um, you know, in, in the 30 big league clubs, you might have to have clubs with extra complex level clubs to make up for the fact that they don't have another affiliated ball uh, team. You know, it's, the ramifications are stunning for both player development and you know, people's lives all the way across the country. And we're just getting started, you know. Uh, he mentioned on the call that, understandably, uh, the minor league side and the big league side haven't talked for about six weeks because they've had this whole restart that they've been trying to do in the big leagues. So you get it. Um, but now they have to start hashing out what the minor leagues are going to look like next year. I mean, we, we keep saying 280 days. Well, we don't really have a schedule because we don't know how many teams they are going to be. And we don't know who they're going to play and what leagues they're going to be in and anything like that. So the, the, the guys over at Johns Hopkins are just waiting to press, you know, the red button on their schedule making programs uh, and, and go for the next year. But what you have to, before you do that, you have to figure out, is there going to be three AAA teams or AAA leagues? Three AAA teams would be something. Uh, three AAA leagues. How many Class A leagues will there be? Will the Northwest League go full season? Will who's going to play what it, it's going to be wild um and baseball america will keep you updated <laughs> that's that's uh, what most, we do mostly mostly jj cooper because uh shameless plug on, on the on the podcast with my boss but he's killing this um i, I don't Ooh. think there's anybody in the game who knows more about this who's not you know a top level lawyer okay i'm going to cut this off because that's very nice of you but you know this makes me feel weird but i will say this we are covering this at Baseball America because this is, this is absolutely important. And all these levels are really important. And they're also the levels at which there's just not nearly the same focus. And so that's why we're going to provide the focus. We're going to do everything we can to explain 
what's happening as we've done in the draft and minor league baseball for players, for teams, for, you know, it, it's something where we're going to keep doing that because that is our job and that is our, our responsibility. We feel like to you, the baseball America listener subscriber, but also to baseball because there, these things cannot just slip by without being covered and, and, and us telling those stories. And that's what we're going to keep doing. And it is crazy. I mean, the one thing to kind of wrap this up is, is we have not had a, a minor league season at all this year. We've not, you know, Josh just does a lot of walks. I, I, I am stuck in my house most of the time too. And, and the thing about it stands is though, is, is that there's still a lot going on. You know, I, I don't feel like we have yet to send a Baseball America print magazine to press since this happened where I'm like, oh, that's just filler. And no, I mean, the website has not had days where it's like, oh, we're just throwing things up because we got to show people that we're still producing stuff. It's, it's crazy how much. This is both an awful year if you're a baseball fan, an awful year, you know, if you're, I mean, again, there, there are so many people going through so much worse with, you know, there are 125,000 people are dead in America. Like there's a lot of loss, a lot of grief, you know, all those things that are absolutely true. But at the same time, again, having a knowledge that it's more important stuff, this is one of the most significant years in baseball that we'll ever see, even in a year where there's very little baseball being played. No, I mean, if there's going to be a year that tops this, I really do not want to see it. Thank you. Wait till it's, you know, uh, 40, 50 years from now and I'm in the ground uh, or wherever. Um, I don't, I don't need this one pandemic. I, you know, I, uh, every lifetime is great. I actually remember, I think there was a story early in the pandemic where the children's author, uh, Beverly Cleary has lived through two of these. Uh, she probably doesn't remember, uh, the first one, but, and, uh, her memory of this one might not be great either, but, uh, she's been through both of them and I bet she's not the only one. Um, but you know, Pat, I, Pat also mentioned on the call that, and I didn't realize this because I wasn't paying attention to the miners at that level in 08 and 09. But the, the financial recession of those years hit minor league baseball pretty hard. And that was the reference point and the, the touchstone that he kept going back to. And we got through that. Um, and minor league baseball got through that. And minor league baseball, uh, in years where it doesn't rain like crazy, has thrived. And someday we are going to get back to... Um, Normalcy, some semblance of normalcy. You know, you might have more hand washing stations, more hand sanitizing stations. You might have individual ketchup packets instead of ketchup pumps. Uh, you might have to do the, the, the unthinkable for a little while and wear masks, that horrible, unbelievable inconvenience. Um, you might do that, but someday we are going to be back at a ballpark. Uh, if you're at AAA, you're gonna have 10, 11,000 fans watching let's say Durham versus Charlotte. And it, it, this will seem like a distant, but uh, awful memory. We've gotten through a lot worse in this country's history. This is certainly not the worst year in this country's history. Uh, there's a lot of the worst ones that come to mind, but we got through those and I have no doubt that we're going to get through this one. It might take a while, like I said, 40 weeks, but, um, 
there's uh, there, there are better days ahead, I think, I hope. But, and when minor leagues return, we're looking, we are eagerly awaiting that day. But yeah, you know, this I mean, is, JJ, if there is an AFL, FFL instructs, I guarantee you someone from BA is going to be there. Um, I think I could, JJ, do you, do you plan to be there? One of those uh, sites? I, if I can, again, we, you know, it's, it's, there's always the risk component, you know, you've got, you know, we, I've got, I've got to decide whether, you know, with, uh, you know, with the family and all is, 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 can I do it safely? But if I can, absolutely. I, I want to see baseball. Yeah. And I've, I'm 99 to one because I'm in two high risk categories um, that I probably wouldn't do it, but I bet you someone would. Um, and I, yes. I, we will have someone there. That is no I, doubt. We, we actually had a baseball American at a game the other day and um, uh, you know, Joe Healy went to a uh, coastal plain league game and it was like, Oh my God, what sorcery is this? There's a baseball game. Where well, it wasn't even coastal players, a coastal plain league team, but uh, yes, because the coastal plain league there. itself has not, uh, you know, they're going to have to kind of go their own ways. Basically they can't do a full, a full, a, as full a league as they hoped. Yeah. So, someone was hitting a home run and Joe was tweeting about it and it was like, Oh my, this is delightful. <laughs> I can't imagine what it must have been like to, for him to be there. We're not tweeting about PBAs and CBAs and Tony Clark and Rob Manford. We're tweeting about this guy hitting a home run and the left fielder not moving. Oh, this so, is so much better. Um, one thing with that also, um, if, if this is something, if minor league baseball is, is something that, that I assume it is if you're listening to this, but if minor league baseball means something to you, you go to, you go to my Twitter at uh, JJCoop36. At, pinned at the top is I've got a thread of people just sharing what minor league baseball means to, to you. Um, so far, I think we're over 500 responses on that of what it means to people. So if you want to add yours, we'd love to. I'm trying to share some of them. I can't share 513. People would, you know, hunt me down and for, for destroying their feeds. But, um, but if you can, you know, feel free to share your moments and what you, why you care about minor league baseball and what it means to you. Oh my, I didn't realize that uh, that tweet had unseated the Eloy Jimenez breaking the lights. It has. Tweet. It has unseated the Eloy Jimenez breaking the lights tweet. Um, so. Yeah, I tweeted something this morning. I haven't pinned it. Um, just if, if we're in April 8th, 2021, and, you, uh, and everything's back to normal-ish, uh, which stadium would you like to be at? I, I don't know my own answer, but um, it's it's anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say my answer to that is is don't care. Am I at a game? I've actually contemplated over the last every time every weekend comes around, just driving from you know here to Durham to Zebulon to Greensboro to Winston Salem to Kannapolis to Charlotte and back because I have all right Burlington's in there too because I have nothing else to do <laughs> no but the other thing is is like i mean again I, we're trying to wrap this up but we want to keep talking about the minors like the thing that stands out about this is josh i remember a year i want to say that you did 140 games over the course of a year is that fair it's probably true with spring training in the fall league um i'm sure i got yelled at for going to too many games because there was you know, things i had to write but yeah. i'm saying if you I, if you go from 140 to this year you're going to be at like 10 Three. If there's no more, three? Three. Four. Four, I'm sorry. Four. I went to uh, maybe four? one East Carolina game, uh, one Wake Forest game, 
one Duke Florida State game. The last time I was at a ballpark was Duke Florida State. Um, this the middle game of a series at the DBAP. And, you know, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to see. I, do. I didn't go to Wake Forest Louisville that day because I thought, oh, I'll get a chance to see Jared Schuster and Bobby Miller later in the season. Nope. Um, nope, not at all. And the next, nope. amazingly, the next time I'll see either of them is if somehow we get deep into spring training and uh, they're in big league camp. At least Jared Schuster is. I haven't seen Bobby or George. It's wild to think Carlos and I, Carlos Colazzo, our draft writer, and I, you don't need to know, you, you all know who he is. Um, we're at uh, Old Miss, um, East Carolina, and Tyler Keenan hit a home run. And that was sometime in March. And it's like, holy crap, he's in big league camp with, with the Mariners right now with, you know, J Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kalanick and D Gordon and uh, JP Crawford and guys like that. I'm sure I'm missing some really good Mariners right now, but what a weird, wild uh, two, three months it's been for that guy. Cause that doesn't happen. That never happens uh, that you're yeah. from college immediately to big league spring training somehow. Um, I, I don't want it to ever happen again. Sorry, Tyler, but uh, um, Tyler won't care. He's already done it. Yeah, he's. He, oof, it's. It makes me think of um, the year Eric Falia and the Everett Aqua Sox got to play at Safeco Field because Everett was in the playoffs. But for some reason, they had. I guess they had booked their stadium uh, during when the playoffs would be, so they didn't have a ballpark. So the option was either to play at the opposing team's home park or. I, but since they're so close to Seattle and at that point, Safeco Field, you know, we'll come on over here and play there. And so you got a bunch of short A guys, a short season A guys, playing in a big league field in their first year, which, I mean, I don't think any of them are ever forget, forget that. And even some of them are probably working regular jobs right now. But yeah, we've been trying to wrap this up for a while, but. That's I'm, good. We're going to wrap this up to. now. So. For Josh, thank you for listening. And again, feel free to share your memories of the miners as well. For Josh, I'm JJ. So long, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.